Hello, dear listener, and welcome to this week's episode of the Gestalten Podcast. My name is Martin Groschwald. And before we start introducing the guest that we have on for this week, a uh, small apology from my side. We tried to get all of these things out a little bit quicker than usual, but uh, it's been busy times for us. It's been busy times for the guest we had on board. So with a little bit of a delay, we are now introducing Stefan Rosen, who is the Senior Vice President for Lincoln Co. Design based in Gothenburg in Sweden. And obviously Lincoln Co. has made a little bit of a splash over the past few years as a new brand, obviously coming out of China. And they were always being looked at as a very brand directed company. And so I invited Stefan to join us for this conversation and we will talk a lot about branding. We will talk a little bit about branding and experience and how from their experience or from his experience, this has made an impact on the design, what we see nowadays on the road with Lincoln Co. So uh, enjoy it. It was very good fun. He was super open in you know his uh, his problems and his uh, issues that he had in the process, but also about the really great challenges and really good fun what he had in the whole thing. I think a lot of people can learn a little bit from something like this. So enjoy the conversation with Stefan Rosen, the senior vice president of design for Lincoln Co. Enjoy and let's go. Hello, Stefan. Welcome to the Gestalten Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on board and a very warm welcome to you in Gothenburg, Sweden. How are you? I'm fine and thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Lovely to have you. And uh, we want to talk a little bit about branding today because you have been an integral part and you know, now being, of course, the, uh, the leader for design of the Lincoln Co. Uh, brand. We want to talk a little bit more about branding and not just necessary for Lincoln Co, but something a little bit bigger in that kind of senses as well. So let me jump right into this. For you as a designer, how would you define branding or a brand of a vehicle? Oh, wow. Uh, let's, yeah, like you say, let's just jump right into it, right? I mean, this is, a, <laughs> of course, of course a, a huge uh, question. And uh, and it, it's of course not a very easy one to answer, um, but I would try to simplify it a bit and say that I think it's all about uh, identity. I mean, it's um, if you it's like if a company or a product were a person, who is this person? What's the personality? And uh, and uh, you try to sort of build up a character, you could say. Mm -hmm. and create the, this personality. And uh, I, I think that's a, a nice way of thinking about it. And you, you really would like to create a, a nice person that uh, is, a, is a likable person, and, uh, but of course has uh, its, its uh, unique uh, treats, and you really want to get to know this person better. And if we... If we combine this with, let's say, the complexity of a product and the combination and to use this personality with a product, um, what are the big challenges behind when we talk about a car or a vehicle and starting something from scratch? Because I can imagine, you know, when we talk about a brand and it's maybe something a little bit smaller, I don't want to say it's less difficult to build that. But of course, with the complexity of a product that we see nowadays in 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 this in, in the car industry or in the mobility sector, when you had that kind of job to start, like what wh what did you do? W were you just panicking a little bit and said just like, oh crap, like we need to start a car brand in that sense? Or how how do you start something like this, knowing the complexity of a vehicle is is almost second to none in any kind of product that you can develop? Well, uh, yes, I was panicking. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> just start with that because we, you also felt, of course, a huge responsibility here to, that, to get it right. Uh, because you, you know, you you are you're not sitting on uh, and spending your own money. It's uh, someone else's money, and it's it's a huge thing, a huge uh, investment, of course, behind everything. So you you really feel that uh, weight uh, of of the shoulders on your shoulders, but. What I would like to say is, 
I, the thing is where, where it makes it very uh, unique in the in automotive uh, industry, I would say, is first of all, like we said, it's, ex- it's expensive products, uh, but it's also hugely um, competitive. There's so mm-hmm. many out there and you just have to walk into uh, basically any se- uh, street on the, in a city or any busy highway or whatever. And there's uh, like, r- you know, cars you know, streaming down. And in order so, to sort of stand out in that crowd, you have to come up with something uh, different, basically. So that's where this uniqueness uh, come into play. And we realized very uh, quickly, and we also had some some um, market data on that, the what we call the face of the car, the front end of the car is the most important, to be honest. And it's a bit like picking out a, a face in a crowd of people. Uh, what makes you sort of being attracted or drawn to one particular face? It needs to stand out. It needs to have some big uh, traits. And that's what we really started focusing on when it came, came to how we were to sort of design this, uh, this uh, and illustrate, you could say, this um, this new identity, this new personality. So we spoke a lot about uh, the, the sort of the emotion this face should uh, should evoke and, and express. And uh, we wanted it to be uh, different from uh, from anything else out there. And uh, I would say, since we had um, we had uh, our Chinese um, uh, owner, Mr. Um, you know, um, Li Shufu or Eric Li, as he now wants to call mm. himself. Uh, Eric Li uh, came to us and he said, he said, I, I don't want this to just be another uh, car. I want it to really stand out from the crowd. So that was one of the few things that we had as a brief. And we, we, uh, we took that to heart and started talking about this, uh, this personality, this, this person standing out from the crowd. But like you say, it's a very complicated uh, thing with a lot of um, things you have to meet. There's legal requirements. There's Ped Pro. There's uh, vision angles for the drivers. There's uh, uh, you know cooling of the engines or whatever. This aerodynamics, all these things, uh, of course, makes the cars in in the world look starting to have to fight with the same same issues. That's why they they tend to be a little bit similar. So finding those traits where you can find your own identity was very important for us. Yeah. So uh, we we actually said, let's really make sure that we have a new unique face. And, and we also did not want to make uh, um, the identity rely on uh, the the sort of the technology in the, in terms of the engine and all these things, because we we know that this is shifting, this is changing. Uh, even though our first car that we we designed was uh, with a normal uh, petrol engine, albeit uh, with h- hybrid versions, uh, but we knew that this is this is going to change over time. So we did not want to put the, the identity too much into the, the grill of the car, put it like that, or the, mm-hmm. the big air intake, which normally has been sort of historically the reference to the to the engine and to the brand. So we yeah. wa- rather wanted to put the, the identity and the face of the car on, on the body. So we talk more about the design of the car because, yeah, this technology is, is it's not really what separates you anymore. You could you could yeah. say in the in the industry. Yeah, and this is this is where it gets interesting now because obviously you you started a brand in a time where the digital factor has become omnipresent. Everything is done with a phone. Everything is done via an app. Everything is somehow interconnected to each other. So when you and you know we see more traditional brands trying to move into this digital space try to move let's say the car into mobility we see new kind of systems of how the car is being used sharing uh subscription services all these kind of things did how, how did you 
include that right from the beginning in this job of let's do a new brand? Because I'm pretty sure, and obviously looking at how quickly China has evolved uh, over the past 10, 15 years as well, it probably wasn't enough for you guys just to say, like, we do another car. There, there needs to be this new uh, input in there as well. And how did that affect of what you do? Did you, in terms of inspiration for branding, did you did you stay more within the, the the car industry? Did you look what other companies outside of this industry are doing? Or how important was this kind of cross-functionality that we see nowadays for you to build the brand? Um, very, very good questions uh, again. But the, the thing is that we, of course, have the task also to, to do a car, even mm -hmm. though there's so much more than the car. So uh, we 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 did not want to forget that uh, that it is a car there uh, as well, and it had to have a, a strong unique personality. But the fact, like I mentioned, that there's so many competitors out there which all have um, a history and a heritage. Uh, we came into this with no history and no heritage, so of course we could start building up uh, something uh, quite different, and we intentionally wanted to stay away from the traditional heritage or the traditional automotive heritage. Uh, so basically a lot of the things, a lot of the decisions we took along the way was to, to make sure we, we stayed away, you could say, from, uh, from the automotive uh, industry. But at the same time, we did not want to create something completely completely bonkers and alien it still needed to to attract normal normal consumers put it like that <clears throat> so of course it was a bit of a a, a balancing act <clears throat> but uh, uh, when it comes to this uh, digital experience i think uh, this was part of uh, uh, the the setup and one of the i would say uh, important uh, aspect that we were um, that really made a difference to us <clears throat> was when we were talking about uh, how this car is going to be uh, portrayed and sold, or uh, you know how how does the the consumer get hold of it, and and mm -hmm. how does that purchasing or require uh, you know this this car? Uh, how how does that process look like? And we wanted to make that as simple as possible and this was actually part of the the, the deal right from the beginning so uh, you know if you go in and order almost any car today uh, you go in and you you maybe go and configure it on uh, on a website page or you go straight to a dealer but there's so many choices to to be made along this mm -hmm. way and uh, it is a, a difficult process to be honest and it is a bit of a hurdle to get over uh, because you also get scared did i did i miss something will this be a great combo uh, will i be able to sell this uh, later with this uh, color that i like today uh, etc et there's so many sort of questions which are sort of all putting a break on on your decision to to actually go ahead with this uh, with this car, mm. so then we said, well, let's make ready set combinations. So we don't have too many choices. So we have completed cars basically, and you just pick one, uh, you know, from a, a few options, and you just pick one off the the shelf. And there's a few advantages with this. One is that there's less to choose from, uh, and uh, hopefully they will already be in stock. You just mm -hmm. you could get your car immediately. Uh, we um, uh, because you don't have to wait for whatever how many months for just your car to be built. Uh, but the other thing, and this is was a great uh, advantage for us as designers, we can put together color combinations unique and specifically for one car. You don't have mm -hmm. to make sure that. Each deco and each body color works with with each other, if you know what I mean. Because that has a tendency to to be honestly to honestly dilute um, these uh, these uh, expressions. So you can be much more expressive. Yeah, and so what I would say now is, 
how many arguments did you have with marketing over you know over these discussions because i can imagine for them they will come in and say like oh if we have more choice we can probably make more money out of this and all these kind of things but combined obviously with the fact that the car started in china and china you know similar to the uh to the us market is very much straightforward i buy a car i want to have it the way it stands there as well how how is a discussion with marketing going like that because this was I think from a European perspective is something that not a lot of people actually do uh, to kind of limit the selection to make this life easier. Um, so for, for you guys as Europeans in Sweden, how long did that process take? How many discussions, how many like, you know, uh, headaches did you have over these kind of conversations? Because it, it probably is a bit more radical and also to your design colleagues, just to say, just like, look, let's focus on a few, a few things, but make, do them, do them good rather than just to say, we, we do a lot of stuff and maybe do it on average to, to focus on, on what we can do best. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, to, to a simple answer to your question is surprisingly easy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, uh, in, uh, in China, they, they had not they don't really have the same culture of order and waiting for your car uh, that we have here in um, in Europe. So they go into a dealer and, and hopefully want to sort of drive off with that car uh, immediately. So they pick from the from the lot. Very more similar to how purchasing uh, is you know taking place in in US. Uh, so that was surprisingly easy actually. Um, but I would say. Uh, this whole discussion was happening uh, before we even had the go-ahead that we would even build our own dealer network. Mm -hmm. So we were actually focusing on an online purchasing uh, right from the beginning. Uh, but somewhere along the, the line in China, they decided, well, okay, let's, let's uh, make, make a dealer network anyway. Um, but a lot of these decisions had then already been taken. So mm. it was surprisingly easy. <laughs> From what, what, what I find interesting, of course, is like, you know, you, you're talking about branding as it you know is, is the most normal thing in the world but you obviously come from a more traditional car background you've done interiors of course in the past as well um mixing this together now and like you know looking at your your, your old self and your new self and all these kind of management responsibilities that you have right now how did you see your designers change in this kind of process of understanding that when obviously yes we're doing a car but we're also building a brand was there something that is completely different in the attitude that you see compared to maybe some old stuff where there was a brand already where it was uh, you know don't get me wrong when i say this just do a car and we take care of the branding because from the way you're talking about this sounds now there was much more involvement from all these kind of people involved, such as marketing and, you know, branding, physical design of the products as well. And it seems that uh, the, 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 the impression that you give is that the designers were much more aware of building a brand rather than just building a car. Um, yes. Uh, and no, I mean, we have, <laughs> we, we, uh, we also, uh, to be honest, just, of, uh, normally, we, we just started uh, with one car. So mm -hmm. it was also a task of we have to just design one car. Uh, the whole uh, branding aspect was, um, uh, was, of course, a sort of a parallel work stream. But it, it were very much influencing the, the, the people who, who were designing. And a lot of the decisions was based on, uh, on, on this to sort of break bring this new identity to uh, to into this new car mm -hmm. one car uh, but to be honest we had a few uh, we were very few people in the beginning and some of the the designers were really struggling because they wanted to know what what car is it what's the brand and when they didn't know that and we said we don't know this is what we're trying to define mm -hmm. they were very confused <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was it was not uh, for everyone, put it like that. Uh, we could really tell who was really enjoying this process and who were really struggling. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, it 
it took a, a while for us to realize who, who were struggling and who were uh, really enjoying it. And um, uh, so we changed a lot of people uh, actually in the beginning. Uh, and as we then started doing the, the second and the third car, I would say this is also where you start thinking into how do you build a brand in your in your portfolio cars? How can you create sort of a family resemblance? And uh, I can tell you that this is a very different uh, approach if you if you look at that from a Western perspective or from a uh, especially now a, a Chinese perspective. Um, and this has you know has been a bit of a, a, a head turner for me because I always felt it's so important that you continue building you know the hammer in the the, mm-hmm. the same message into the next car and the next car and the next car I mean I guess one of the most extreme into that is I would argue is Porsche mm-hmm. I mean they do the same same uh, expression uh, no matter what car they do uh, but here it's not that important. And we're trying, we've, at the beginning we were saying, no, 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 it is important, it is important. But uh, I have opened up my eyes now to a different way of approaching things. And um, I think, for instance, it could also be a brand trait to say that we, we are, you know, the next car we do, we question the norms again. We do it differently next time. And uh, that is also a brand trait, but it's in a different, is it in a different way? You might not see the, the, the clear red thread between the cars lined up, uh, you know, in the portfolio, mm-hmm. but there's another red thread, which is different. And this is very exciting to me. Would you then say that if we bring in this overused, um, expression of experience in that is that maybe it is to become a brand experience and this brand experience of course changes over time because you know everything develops forward so that maybe if we talk about a brand in general it's not about the front face anymore it's not about the looks of the actual product but it's more about the feeling the emotion that the brand plays and the product is then um I don't want to talk about trends in that kind of sense, but of course, you know, if we look into China, things move super quick over there. Um, and this goes then in line with what you have just said. So maybe the idea of brand is less product oriented, but maybe more experience oriented in the future too. Uh, and for designers then just to change, maybe we just need to understand what our brand experience is to then just to say, how can we develop products forward and you know we can be brave enough to throw something away that we did last generation uh yes and and i think this is uh, you're starting to hit the, the the nail on the head here because i think this is really what it's about uh and where where in the, in within western perspective you look at uh, it could be anything from a feature to a to a function to whatever and say we we did it like this in the old car and in order to keep that sort of family resemblance we need to we need to carry that over into the next car but uh but here we're saying well if it if it doesn't uh, you know give you anything new anything um you know if it doesn't really enhance the next experience We'll just throw it away and start mm. with a new, new, uh, new thing. Um, so, I mean, for uh, you're talking about this experience. Talk, talk about, for instance, the screens on the interior. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a simple thing. Uh, and you go, well, we we have always done um, uh, sort of a landscape format that works with us. Uh, but if it comes to a point where, well, uh, with this next car. We don't really think the landscape format works. You could ha- then the, the the old Western style will go. No, we need to keep the brand uh, identity. Or the China one is like, why do we keep something that doesn't work for this car? So throw it out and put in a, a portrait. Then what's the problem? <laughs> you know what I mean. So I they're know, much yeah. more willing to 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 uh, throw away uh, throw out things that we otherwise would 
sort of hold on to a little bit more um, more dearly. And uh, I, I like that. It's much more daring in a way. And of course, a lot more work for us. <laughs> yeah, and and this would be this would be my question now. Like, obviously, you in your leadership position uh, for a brand such as Lincoln Co. How difficult does it make your your design department then to, you know, get this understanding that this will be the future, maybe for this brand or maybe like in general. I mean, you will see both both ends of the of the table, of course. You know, something much more conservative, something much more uh, open minded in that sense. But how how do you think then your your or the design team will change through that? Because um, you know, this goes to a conversation then further on, just to say like, what 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 is the role of the designer? Do we where 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 is the, the the department heading towards to because if we have these constant changes involved are we tending towards having fixed larger terms department or are we going to have you know smaller fixed teams but more people coming coming and going to kind of keep this revolution almost going constantly or trying to get it going as well because i can see you know, these traditional companies, you mentioned Porsche, but we can take pretty much all of the big German ones and stuff like that. Pushing something forward is very difficult because of this heritage that they have. But is it, is it might, it might also be difficult because people have been there for such a long time that it's difficult then for them to imagine something completely new and, you know, just to kind of break with certain kind of heritage that comes with that. Do you think that there might then be a change if, this happens in a studio, in a, in a, in a, in a company that also the design, the design thinking behind it and how a design department is run is, is changing to keep this brand experience alive. Okay? Because then, then it goes hand in hand. If you want to change the brand experience and move it forward or like, you know, the, the products behind it, you will need to have a revolving system. Otherwise you get stuck at some point. Um, yes. Uh, I mean, we, we've, um, We've been around for uh, what is it now? <laughs> Seven years, and uh, this has been a very much of a, a, a building phase. So we've mm. we've had had the luxury of getting a lot of sort of fresh people in uh, and to to build up this uh, this team uh, all the way uh, up to now. So I, I would say we haven't come to a point uh, yet where we start feeling, you know, we're just regurgitating the same ideas. Put it mm. like that. But uh, that, that, of course, could be a danger as we move forward. But if you if you have uh, a sort of an ambition to say we, the next car needs to look, you know, different. It needs to look fresh. It needs to look, uh, you know, we need to, to to push constantly push. And if this is a mantra that you you hammer into the people, they they get into that as well. They like that. Or, or if not, they, then maybe they should work for one of the German ones. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Know. <laughs> but this is uh, this is uh, at least the the mantra we have here. And uh, uh, right now, I'm I'm quite uh, quite happy with what's what's happening here because we we're seeing a lot of uh, interesting uh, ideas popping up, and and that's what we are uh, um, trying to encourage. And if you ha if you encourage people to come up and question all the time, then you will get that from the from the people instead uh, as well. In, instead of instead of you having oh, it's important that the next car should look like the old, but just better or whatever. So I I think you get what you ask for. So you think it's 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 very important and from a managerial level to give this you know to show this flexibility to show that. Um, there is something there that we need to encourage in the people because it's not necessarily something that we can always expect. We need to show them that we are serious um, about this to to be to be considered a an option for them because it's it's easy to fall into a rhythm. To be fair, you know, it's uh, from from what I always see. Absolutely, absolutely, and and uh, I mean, isn't that the most uh, normal uh, sort of? Uh, assignment you get as a as a student in uh, in um, uh, you know your design school that you're you're being given a brand and then uh, you know say do the next one or whatever and uh, you have to 
go into do the research what does the brand stand for what are the design cues and you just try to reinterpret those design cues to um, um, you know to uh, to do the next one so you much often being held back with uh, what has been done in the past uh, but here if you encourage people say oh we want to see it differently next time uh, of course, we don't want to throw away everything. That you, there's not at all any sort of red thread. So what we're talking about is that we're talking about a number of what we we refer to them as design assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have uh, maybe a few uh, cues. For instance, right now we're working a lot with this um, uh, the headlamp or the eyes of the car, the, the double line DRL on the hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one thing. And then we have uh, a black band, as we call it, below, with the hidden lamps. Uh, we have uh, the parallel lines on the hood. We have the, the emblem there. We have these uh, cubes for tail lamps. I, mean, I can go on and on about all these uh, uh, sort of assets that we have. But for the next car, we say, well, let's sort of uh, you know, pick a few of these assets mm-hmm. and then Re reinterpret the rest. Yeah, the rest is completely free. For the next car, we maybe pick a few others, not the same assets, but we pick a few others, and then we do a new car from uh, for the rest. And I think that this is allowing more freedom. Combining this with the culture, I mean, you know, you are in a unique situation that you you are in Sweden. You guys are doing cars for China. Uh, particularly, but you're now coming over more and more to to Europe as well. Do do you see with this kind of attitude that you just described? Is will we will we see global cars still? Will we see more regional cars? Because of course, you know, with all these combinations that we've discussed now, it it will be quite important to get this little bit of an understanding of is this maybe a regional directive? Uh, let's say you guys for China, can this be? Uh, can this be copied over to Europe or to the US as well? Or how in your your management situation see potential kind of issues with that or where you have to adjust uh, the strategy or like, you know, even the design for specific markets? Because I can imagine, uh, you know, working something out and, you know, changing changing something very regularly is very normal in China, for example, but if you then want to come over to Europe, uh, either you go for a very specific target group uh, or, you know, you have completely other challenges of then, you know, getting your customers over here because the mindset and the kind of uh, the way we look into things and, you know, we are used to things here in Europe is completely different. So how how, how would you think the future will be like that and how would you deal with that? Um, I I come from uh, uh, a background where I, I worked uh, at Volvo uh, car company, mm-hmm. and every car we did there were uh, global. Mm-hmm. We we never did any regional um, cars, and uh, so that has been sort of my my philosophy, or put it like that, uh, from from the beginning. Uh, and I still think, to be honest. Uh, it is possible. And uh, I even think the world is becoming more and more uh, uh, globalized. I mean, people are, you know, all around the world are connected, uh, you know, through the same internet. They see the same things. We're all watching the same movies and and we're becoming a little bit more uh, one planet, put it like that. So, I think there you will find customers attracted to to a specific brand. You could find them all over the the world. Even though we're focusing right now on a lot of the the Chinese consumer right now, but uh, I don't really see a problem to to for any of our products to uh, to go anywhere in the world. There could, of course, be simple things as, um, uh, you know, putting a, a very big car uh, into a market like uh, Italy or Spain is maybe not <laughs> so so uh, successful. You know that because they just don't 
you know fit into those uh, cities or whatever mm. but i think from so in that sense i i can see that some products become a bit more uh, successful in in different parts of the the world but i i from a branding perspective i don't see uh, necessarily that we, we have to make them so uh, so different if you create that interesting personality as we're talking about then it, it will it will go through to uh, to uh, you know globally and uh, we we've always uh, been been joking a little bit it's like our our car or our brand is is sort of one of those uh, uh, cross cultural i mean we have a uh, uh, two parents one one chinese and one swedish yeah. <laughs> and we have yeah. created this child uh, but this is this is something you see um you know happening all over the world we're, we're becoming a lot more cross-cultural uh, you can go into any city in the world and find uh, a restaurant that that serves um, you know uh, japanese sushi find uh, restaurants who have a uh, thai cuisine or indian or mm. uh, or uh, chinese or whatever and this is the same so if if you're if you just like what you uh, what you see, then that's that's more important, I think. Coming coming back to the idea of, of of global branding, of course, and when you start something from scratch, I mean, you know, if we if we look into companies, of course, we see certain kind of directives. They start in a market and they grow and they grow and they grow and then they become global. Um, when you started, did you always have this global ambition in your mind so that you say like, yes, we know we are, you know, the child of, 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 of parents from two different cultures, but we want to combine these things or was for you then the first step to go, okay, China. So we need to understand China, but always keep in mind that we want to go global at this point in time. Or was this again, as you mentioned earlier, like a step-by-step -step system that it meant like, okay, um, we're building something which is firstly for China, but then, okay, now maybe it makes sense for us to push this globally uh, because I, I could imagine that in how you think about them branding and how you think about also the car, you you might have had some challenges on the way that uh, that you had to overcome in, in the kind of context. So how was your strategy towards this idea of global branding or at least European and uh, and Asian branding? Um, for when we started it, it we had it was very outspoken and a clear objective that this would be a global brand. Mm -hmm. We we did not uh, set out to do a uh, China only brand, not at all. Uh, this this uh, idea of you know what market we should enter when was a, we had originally a fairly aggressive plan. Uh, that uh, well, this is where Chinese are. <laughs> are uh, their strong suit is to to, to change plans. Uh, but I, I think it, it was a good thing to be a little bit less aggressive because I, you only get one one chance of making a first impression, right? So it was very important uh, to get uh, established and to build the factories and make sure that uh, we have the quality before you start entering very demanding uh, markets not saying the chinese market is demanding not at all but you it's it was better to sort of start on the, on the chinese market uh, but the ambition was right from the beginning to go to go global absolutely uh, but then we've had of course a few products where they always said no this this will never you know go outside of of china so from the get-go We've had, uh, you know, not have to worry about, uh, you know, specific uh, legislations, for instance, in uh, in uh, Europe, for instance. So yeah. uh, it would be a bit of a challenge to <clears throat> to just pick one of those cars and say, now let's sell it in Europe. That doesn't really work. Then you might have to that you need to have a part of it from from the beginning. But from a branding perspective, definitely, we it was. Um, stated that it should be a global uh, global venture yeah last question before we get to, uh, obviously to the the three ones that everybody gets asked to to wrap up the conversation if you look back now 
um, you've just mentioned it's been a, a seven-year journey for you guys as well. And uh, if I were to ask you, okay, let's start all over again and we talk about branding and, you know, how you would set up, uh, I'm pretty sure like, you know, in, in each kind of uh, each kind of process like this, there are always ups and downs. But is there anything where you say, okay, maybe this is something that if I would do it again, I would do differently, something that I have learned over this process where we could have done something in a different way that would have given us a bit more... I don't know, flexibility, time, decision making, whatever you can think of where you say this is, this is, this sticks to your head and is something that you've learned the most from personally uh, in these past seven years. <clears throat> well, uh, it's, uh, of course, there are just maybe you regret or whatever, but to be honest, I think, I think, uh, it has had would have been difficult to have done it in a different way, to be honest. But I think um, uh, I'm I'm quite happy and quite proud of what we managed to do in this uh, in this journey. Uh, I would say that maybe the a bit more openness and a little bit more um, you know trying to understand the the advantages of this uh, different approach that the Chinese had. Uh, mm -hmm. We, uh, you might have, uh, to be to be frank, I, I would say maybe I thought coming into this, I was like, okay, I know how to how it should be done. Uh, let me let me show, <laughs> basically, <Yeah. laughs> uh, and do do my work. Let me get on with it, and uh, I'll sh show you how it's done. Uh, but of course, what I uh, what I know or knew was the Western way of doing things, mm -hmm. and I'm now become a much more humbled to the Chinese way of doing it. And um, I would say, uh, I'm, me sticking to, or us here, maybe I shouldn't just say me, but us sticking a little bit up to what we believe in uh, has. Uh, being a good thing because it had also forced the, the Chinese a little bit to, to we have to sort of find a, 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 the common middle ground. So we're mm -hmm. trying to find what's the positive aspects of um, their approach and what's the positive aspect of our approach and vice versa to find sort of a best way forward. And I would say this experience has been super humbling, but also fantastic. So I would say that right now I know so much more about developing uh, cars than I, you know, did uh, before I I started with this. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, having a, a, a different mindset, completely different mindset, has been a, a great thing. So if there's anything I would, you know. Regret was maybe not being a little bit more uh, open and humble to that already from the beginning. But to be honest, maybe the fact that I wasn't humble also meant that we had to find that sort of common. It's always a journey. You know, I think, you know, what you just said as well is this is what I meant with, you know, if you look back and you could do it again, I think, you know, this humbleness would be there right from the beginning. So to, you know, to to find these middle grounds earlier, but sometimes, you know, friction creates a lot of creativity and uh, creative solutions as well. So uh, we all need to learn in these uh, in these situations that, you know, things become more global uh, in everything that we do. And, you know, there's more and more Chinese car companies or like, you know, mobility companies coming into play. and. Uh, the more we grow overall, the more we also have to understand the culture behind it. I think it would be the worst thing to say exactly what you have just said if we would just, you know, uh, focus on our views and think they are the best. Well, that that will lead to problems um, inevitably, to be fair. Um, but thank you very much, Stefan. This was uh, this was really fantastic. I really appreciate all your insights. But before I do let you go. As every guest on our lovely little podcast, you will get three questions. Two of them you can answer completely freely. doesn't have anything to do with uh, vehicles or mobility or whatever. And one of them will be, of course, the uh, omnibus uh, car question. So question number one, 
which creative person, mind, whatever you want to think, uh, that you have or have not worked with has inspired you the most uh, in your personal life and or career? Wow. You know, I, I wish I, I really spent some time to come up with the, the perfect answer to this question. <laughs> uh, but uh, <clears throat> the, the thing is that uh, I... I I've, I've been trying to to think about those things about what you know where do I find my my uh, inspiration and who who do I really admire and all these things but it it's so um uh, so difficult because I I never had one of those sort of super you know uh, superstar or or fans that I've been you know that are looking up to some some uh, one in in particular but there's so many, and uh, I just like when when thing when people dare to to not follow conventions and uh, not not necessarily listening to what is expected. <clears throat> I mean, you could uh, you could say, for instance, so, someone like um, uh, filmmaker David Lynch, for mm -hmm. instance. I mm -hmm. mean, he, he he does things uh where, where some people are just scratching their heads and wonder who is this nutcase but he, sometimes it can be just absolute magic because that's what i think is is about going to the movies is the magic yeah. or or someone like um uh, like david bowie <laughs> i mean also a, a musician that doesn't care about conventions he just did what uh, what what uh, what he wanted to do, and he was so creative, and I love that. And um, or or uh, uh, someone like Steve Jobs, you know, he mm. always had this fantastic vision and uh, did not uh, want to hear, you know, how it should be done. He had that vision, uh, and and that sometimes I see that in the. Uh, in even people I work with here, that sometimes you go, oh, this is this is you know such a creative uh, approach. I love it, you know. So yeah, it's difficult to to name one person. It's those little moments of surprise that I love, and you yeah. can find in 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 a lot of people. Yeah. Question number two: Which project again could be anything? that you have not worked on, which you have absolutely be part of, loved to be part of? Yeah, it, it, it's those, um, uh, I would say, the pioneering projects, <laughs> you know, the, the first of its kind. I mean, to, to be, have been, been there when that sort of first creative uh, uh, thoughts appeared, I mean, how did they... Um, come up with the um, uh, the idea of uh, uh, what what should I say now? <laughs> you can say two and three things as well. I mean, like you know, this is uh, this is why it's 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 so it's not a it's not an easy question. It's not supposed to be one, but it's supposed to like you know, um, you know, give an insight, of course, of just like where can creativity come from? What is what is inspiration? And it's not just about one specific thing. You know, it could be anything for you. Yeah, absolutely, and and that is uh, that is uh, what I what I uh, really like. I mean, of course, really tough challenges are are fantastic to see how how they are being uh, uh, accomplished and and uh, and uh, overcome. Um, but uh, I, I do like that those little creative sort of moments. You know, you remember, it's like the cartoons. You know, when you see that little light bulb, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Being, being lit. Those moments, no matter what uh, uh, what what they were, would have been fantastic to to have sort of witnessed uh, everything from, of course, great inventions. I mean, uh, from from the car itself to. To uh, you know the, the iPhone or uh, or, or these things it would have been fantastic to to have been um, been part of those uh, those moments um, and uh, but I I also know that um, uh, for me those projects tend to be what you um, 
what what you make what you make of them put it mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. so there is um uh, uh, it, uh, you turn it into your do your own that's mm-hmm. what i think is um, most interesting i mean if you if you have to uh, you know force an answer out of me and I, I guess i would have loved to to witness probably some of those moments from uh, from through apple's history yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, first, the first mac probably yeah. But, uh, yeah. Cool. cool. Last but not least, this is now the car question. If I give you a blank check, which car would you buy? Oh, you, you know, you're not going to get straight answers from me. <laughs> because, because I, I, I am such a sort of a multi multi you know uh, I, I really like and i get into these i can nerd myself into you know one one you know i can spend uh, months uh, rummaging through uh, uh, ads on on a used uh, um, you know alfa romeo or used uh, you know, caterham or or one time i was into those big mercedeses you know <laughs> So, uh, and it's, uh, I, I, I mean, my dream garage would be, you know, one, one caterham and next to it, a, a big old Mercedes, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, I, I, sorry, but I, I can't, I just can't find, you know, the one car that, uh, that does it all. Uh, I will probably, uh, you know, uh, cash in that, uh, check and point at the most expensive car out there, uh, <laughs> 250 GTO or something, and uh, sell it at the the auction and buy a, a, a stable of of ten crazy cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as much as anything else because I think you know it shows also that uh, you know all these answers that it's 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 not just always narrowed down to one thing. I think there's so many things that. Uh, you know, that, uh, that affect you and that inspire you in that sense. And I really do appreciate you taking the time uh, to record this with me, Stefan. It's, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. And uh, yeah, to all of our listeners, I hope yet again, you enjoyed this episode of Die Gestaltung podcast this time with uh, Stefan Rosin, who's currently uh, leading a Geely design in Sweden and also the Lincoln co-brand for that. And uh, as always, please make sure to rate us on whichever platform you're listening to us. If it's Apple podcasts or Spotify or whatever, it helps us to push us a little bit. Thank you very much for this. If you have questions, of course, uh, send us a message. We will also um, if you send them to me, I will share them with uh, Stefan so that ideally we can, uh, you know, get some kind of uh, replies back to you as well, if you really would like to do that. But uh, as always, um, this was this week's episode. Uh, we will be back very soon with another really cool episode as already planned. And once again, Stefan, thank you very much. And to all the listeners, goodbye. And you will hear back from us very soon again. Take good care. <laughs>